The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. (coughs) She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, I have just been reading The Isles Have Eyes by Joseph Turow. How Retailers Track Your Shopping, Strip Your Privacy, and Define Your Power. And just, you know, this totally reminded me of Minority Report. For those of us who saw that movie, it just, you know, it's come true. And we're going to be talking with Joseph Turow. Let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest. He is the Robert Louis Cheyenne Professor of Communication at the Annenberg School for Communication. Joseph is an elected fellow of the International Communication Association and was presented with a Distinguished Scholar Award by the National Communication Association. A 2005 New York Times Magazine article referred to Turo as probably the reigning academic expert on media fragmentation. In 2010, the New York Times called him the ranking wise man on some thorny new media and marketing topics. In 2012, the trustee Internet Privacy Management Organization designated him a privacy pioneer for his research and writing on marketing and digital privacy. You can learn more about him if you just Google him, Joseph Turow, but also at www.com asc.upenn.edu and then search faculty Joseph Turow and you will find him. But thank you so much for joining us this morning, Joseph. Sure, my pleasure. So I love this book and this it's a great cover. It's a great cover mm-hmm. with all these aisles here. So how is it that you named this book The Isles Have Eyes? Well, I want to, to um, telegraph to people the specific idea, and to make it sound a bit creepy. (laughs) So both of those ideas were in it. I'm pretty good at making up titles, I guess. I work real hard at it. To me, a title is really important because it forces me to think about how I want to write it. And I think I came up with that title about halfway into writing the book. Yeah, no, it's great. I know I know some authors, They will when they think of a book and then they think of a title, they actually make a cover and have it sitting there oh, wow. while they're writing yeah. because it is such an inspiration and it keeps them focused on that title yeah, and that it's idea. It's really important. Yeah. yeah, I think titles are important. A lot of people don't do it that way, but I do. Yeah, no, it's great. I think in our last book we did that, and my last mm. book that I, yeah, so great. So tell us, how do retailers track our shopping? 
Well, you know, most people think of tracking as online, and they think of physical stores as different. The whole idea of online offline is falling apart. I would suggest to your listeners that those categories don't exist anymore because stores are now tracking people as they walk through the stores. Walmart, Kroger, just about any big store and lots of small stores are working on this idea that they have to know what's going on in their brick-and-mortar locations just as they know what's going on in the um, online, so-called, you know, the, the virtual stores that they have. And, and so you can walk through a store, whether it's Macy's or Walmart, and if you have your app on and your Bluetooth on typically, so Wi-Fi, depending on the situation, the store will know where you are in the particular store and could even send you different prices based upon your location and what they know about your history, your shopping history. Mm. Send you different prices, even if there's a price on the... Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, when I say send you different prices, I mean discounts. Oh, discounts. I see what you mean. Same difference, right? I mean, you're walking right. through a store and you, you just had a new kid and you've bought diapers from one company but another company wants to uh, get your business because they know you had a new kid, right. they can send you a message as you're standing in front of the diapers that lowers the price. Wow. And wow. the person next to you won't even see that. Wow. So they're, are they sending you um, an email or are they sending you a text? or Typically a text message from uh, the app. Yeah, yeah. So I remember a terrible privacy issue that came up years ago where a woman had had a baby recently and she started getting mm. all these coupons and, and the baby died. And so oh, wow. this, could you imagine the emotional impact of getting these kinds of emails? It, it is yeah. terrible. So that's kind of a privacy issue too. They, they know, but they're just like bombarding you with this. And this yeah. was really... And then there was that New York Times report a few years ago where a, uh, a woman was matching the profile of someone who was pregnant and the target started sending her material to her home. Her father saw it and inferred that she was pregnant. Right. Wondered what was going on. So yeah, there are a lot of interesting issues around this stuff. Right. Right. So is there something that we can do about that? I mean, do we turn off our phone when we go shopping? Or actually, well, you know, you but really we're gonna want, want to get those coupons. Yeah, well that's the problem, you <laughs> see. If you really want no store to know where you are, don't bring your phone in or shut it off. Just shut it fully off. Don't have any apps on if you keep it on, don't have any Wi Fi or Bluetooth or the camera shouldn't be on because uh, in, in some places they can actually go into your phone through your camera and mm -hmm. look at you that way based on lights in the store. Um, you know, location's an interesting thing. Companies can actually track your location. It's a big marketplace. And they can figure out, for example, whether you've been to one store, uh, what you've looked at in that store based upon those, those apps I was just talking about. And then they can target you as you go to another store thinking that you might look at that material in that other store. Right. So location is a really important thing, and I don't know how much your uh, listeners pay attention to this, but often you'll start an app, for example, um, download an app, and the app will say, can we track your location? And oftentimes you'll notice there's no reason for it. You know, right. if it's a weather app, maybe that's, that's important. But if it's some other kind of app that has nothing to do with your location, 
typically what they're doing is they're selling your location to other companies. Right. In fact, it's funny that you just said that because there is a lawsuit going on uh, by the um, in, in Los Angeles against the Weather Channel because mm. the Weather Channel is tracking you and that, you know, they tell you this is just to get to weather, but they're saying it's a deceptive practice because they're selling that information. So, you know, we're going to see some different things coming up with different laws and some new, the new California Consumer uh, Privacy Act, you know, we're going to see some changes, but, but it's true when I, I have apps all over the place, but they all ask me, you know, do, do I want to only allow it when I'm using the app? Yes. So that's what right. I always mark is I only allow it when I'm using the yes. app for my GPS or whatever. A lot of people don't even know how to go into those settings. Uh, but you're right. That's what you should do. Yeah, that's what I always do is just only when I'm using the app. Mm-hmm. I and mean, what other reason would you want to have it on uh-huh. unless you're using the app? So, yeah, yeah, well, that's the whole point of, you know, having a book like this, because people have no idea what's going on in the background. Well, you know, some companies would argue that, I'm not saying I support this idea, but uh, if they can track you wherever you go, even if you're not using the app, they then know enough about you to personalize what you should be getting when you're on their app. Um, Right. You know, so... This whole, it raises the entire question of how much do we really want companies to know about us and how much do we care about personalization? Right. Um, I don't think, we've seen in our research that people are not as crazy about personalization as a lot of companies suggest they are. Uh, and as a consequence, this notion that companies should track us everywhere we go so they can give us the right article at the right time or the right discount at the right time is is uh, problematic to a lot of people. Isn't it kind of about trust? I mean, for companies that I really trust, if they want to send me like a coupon or something and I really like them and I have a, I do business with them all the time and I feel good mm-hmm. about them and I trust them, then that's okay. But for companies that I don't even know who they are and they're they're sending me things and I don't know where they got it, you know, that is annoying. Yeah, I think the issue is um, you really do have to decide what trust means. I mean, how much do you really know about even the companies you trust? (laughs) Um, But uh, that is an issue. And and I think down the line, people are going to, and we can talk about this because of the nature of of people just giving up in terms of knowing this. They'll be choosing, am I going to want to trust Google or Apple or Facebook or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and, and the... The, the way for, so, for example, if you have a, an Amazon Echo at home or a Google Home, that begins to decide what your ecosystem is, you know? Right. What do you want to revolve your world around? Of course, Apple goes around saying that if you buy their phones, there's, and there's some evidence to believe this, there's a better privacy initiative on Apple's part. So right. a lot of people buy Apple phones partly for that, and they pay a lot more money. As yeah, result. that's what I did. I, I have yeah. an Apple phone for that reason. But, you know, I, I do have Alexa, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know, we'll be sitting there talking in the living room, and um, I'll say something that my daughter's name is Alyssa, and I'll say uh, something about Alyssa. All of a sudden, she wakes up, you know? That's very interesting. And, yeah, uh, there are you know, she's listening that. all the time, and I thought, oh, my yes. God, what is she listening to, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, technically speaking, what they 
the, the they are always listening uh and but only when the key word alexa is said right will they actually record it now if if alexa gets alexa confused you're in trouble <laughs> Uh, because Amazon will have a lot of information that you've talked to your daughter about. Right. There are ways to change the the uh, keyword, you know, the the wake word. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's interesting. I haven't done that. I, but that's that's important to know. Yeah. So I've got and I got Google. Hey Google, in another room because somebody Google yeah. sent it to me for free. So I thought, uh-huh. oh, that's nice. I'll have Hey Google, and I can put on my yeah. music. But then I thought. Gee, you know that I, you know, I like to listen to spa music, and I thought, I wonder what they're profiling me because I like calm, meditative music, mm-hmm. and I just wonder, you know, what are they putting together about me? I could really we confuse don't know. Them. We're still at <laughs> early stages of all of those uh, intelligent assistants, right. and I, I will tell you, they keep everything. Yeah, uh, Google and Amazon both uh, transcribe what you say and keep your voice print. They only send the transcription to other companies, to the to the app, the skills companies. But um, they have everything, and increasingly there are um, uh, ways, patents that they're getting uh, about using voice for a whole lot of different purposes. I'm I'm in the process of writing a book about this, so I'm deeply steeped in <laughs> in oh. all this material. It's really quite interesting. I can't wait to interview you on that book. <laughs> oh, thank you. So let's talk about the the frog that slowly boiled, gets thrown into a water, and then they slowly bring it to a boil. And how are we like that? Well, what was interesting about that metaphor, which you're right, you hear a fair amount, is about people and how people have to get used to things. I was at an industry meeting, not a large one, and an executive from a major ad agency started talking about consumers that way. He said, what we have to do is we have to to treat people like that frog in boiling water so that they get used to giving up their data and before they even realize that they're giving us stuff that they wouldn't otherwise do. So uh, that was the basic notion. See? Right. And then right after him, uh, within the same conference, was an executive who gave a talk about, and this was slightly bizarre, I don't think it's going to happen, but he argued that by 2024, half of Americans would have a chip in their arm that when they walked down an aisle of a store, like a supermarket, it would give off information to the supermarket about what they like and what they don't like, what their emotions are, Mm. so the supermarket could change the price based on that. Yeah. Exactly like Minority Report, yeah. Mm. You know, and I don't have a chip in my arm, but I I wear an Apple Watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's and it's a wearable, so and it's got yeah. you know I can answer the phone with my watch. Mm-hmm. It has everything on it. My heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. How scary is that? These wearables. Well, again, you have to hope that Apple is not sharing it with anyone because some of those there was something called the Jawbone Up a few years ago. I think it's gone out of business now, but. A jawbone, at one point I was reading its privacy policy, and it was saying that to, that you should know as, a, as an owner that we could figure out if there's something wrong with your heart or with your health. And they didn't go on to say what they're going to do with that, but it's a, uh, it's a real interesting provocative idea. The thing is, I'd like to, to also stress, though, you, you hear a lot about sensitive and non-sensitive information. 
So privacy policies will say when it comes to sensitive information like, you know, the gender you choose if you're gay or or um, your social security of, number or something like yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. We're not going to disclose it. But more and more in an age of artificial intelligence, the notion of sensitive is irrelevant because everything can be sensitive. If you go through a supermarket and you're purchasing foods and the supermarket collects all the data about those foods, right? right. And then they crunch those data and figure out that your profile of eating foods say that you're a diabetic. What does that do to sensitivity? You see what I'm saying? Right. So or if I'm eating possible. junk, if I'm eating junk food all the time, and then they want to sell that to my life to life insurance companies yeah. or my mortgage company, right? Then you know, how, well, how, am I a exactly. risk? Am I a big risk? Right? Exactly. And if it says in the privacy policy that they have a right to sell that, then they would be able to do it. So uh, it's an interesting problem. Again, we tend we found and so I've been doing these surveys. Uh, we've done about eight of them since. 1999, national surveys on the phone, legitimate surveys. I don't do the surveys. I write the questionnaires and major polling companies do it for right, us. Right, right, And we have found that Americans are worried about their privacy. They don't like being um, tracked. Um, they understand that it happens, but they really don't understand data mining. They don't understand how all these little bits get put together into profiles that that can ultimately lead to sensitive information when it doesn't appear those information is sensitive. So um, we have to be careful about making these categories, sensitive, non-sensitive, online, offline. We're in a world where all of these things are in deep flux. Right, right. I remember this was years ago. Um, there was a woman who would fill out forms, you know, so she'd get coupons, you know, so she'd fill Mm -hmm. up all these surveys. And, um, and they seem really innocuous, you know, like, you know, I eat Cheerios or whatever it was. I mean, just really innocuous, like what you're talking about. And then they put together this whole profile. And then this woman started getting stalked by this, this criminal, because it was like somebody in the jails was putting this together. They were using cheap labor. And, um, and I think it was, I can't can't remember. Uh, Yeah, really creepy. And she started getting letters, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to use that dove soap all over you. And I mean, really, really gross (laughs) stuff. And she was terrified. Yeah. And then they found out that this these prisons were Mm -hmm. using prisoners that they, you know, they they farmed it out to them to do these uh, the compilation of these Mm -hmm. surveys. And right. yeah, and, and so not sh- tracking where these people were keeping the data. Right, right. And so, yeah. I mean, this is before. This was like ten years ago, even. So you can imagine what could happen now with yeah. this kind of thing. So yeah, there's uh, some really horrible things that could happen, even with this very uh, quote in uh, you know non-sensitive information. Right. You know, it's interesting because we have this new. Uh, California Consumer Privacy Act, which I yeah. think is going to make some difference, which you're probably mm-hmm. looking into now. But mm-hmm. you know, like um, some of the uh, the rights that consumers are getting are 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 really quite helpful. You know, because California, we've always been the forefront of privacy for years mm-hmm. and years and years. But now um, we must be presented 
with an easy and simple, straightforward process to opt out of our personal information being sold. So that's a biggie. Right. And another one is that we can um, get uh, have our information removed um, from and deleted yeah. from the personal information. So I don't know how that's going to help. Well, we'll see. Or not. A lot of we'll it see. parallels the GDPR in Europe. Right, you know. right, right. Yeah. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's brand new. It came out in 2018 and it was immediately effective, but there's no enforcement until 2020. Right. But um, we'll see what this means. And I think, you know, it's 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 going to have some impact on this kind of a thing Mm -hmm. because people are getting sick of it. I mean, you're bringing up an important issue. I'm going to just mention the name of your book again. The Isles Have Eyes. Uh, how retailers track your shopping, strip your privacy, and define your power. And that's Joseph Tarot, who we're speaking with, Professor Joseph Tarot. So um, let's talk about how they bait us with loyalty programs. I get baited. <laughs> sure. Well, loyalty programs have been around forever, certainly before um, the Internet. I don't know if you ever heard of green stamps. Yep, yep, uh, yep. These are these things where when I was a little kid, uh, my mother would go to stores, they'd give her stamps for the kinds of things she bought, the amount, and then right. we'd paste them in a book, and I got a present or something based <laughs> on that. Right. I, my first camera, I got a, a, ah. my first camera came out of green stamps. But, the, um, but what happens today is basically a, um, the same thing, right. but it's digital. Right. And uh, companies are using loyalty as a way to make you come back. But beyond that, and unlike what happened with green stamps, because they really didn't know anything about us, we simply got the stamps and put them in the book. Right, right. Loyalty programs are ways to track people. Yes. And ways to learn a lot more about you than you think. Uh, most people today who shop in supermarkets that give out frequent shopper cards use them. Right. And frequent shopper cards if, you know, are ways for supermarkets to take enormous amounts of information about you and try to crunch them. Kroger's, for example, which owns Ralph's in that area and yeah. other supermarkets, mm-hmm. uh, Kroger has an, uh, a business that they bought from a British company which is involved simply in crunching data about Kroger's customers. And uh, that is a big deal now. You know? And so um, it used to be the data you got that you gave up in frequent shop because nobody knew what to do with. Today it's it's part of the business of, of figuring out what, what discounts to send you through the mail, in stores, you know, or anywhere else that you go. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, I make a conscious choice. Like, I, I go to Chico's and I get my $50 off or something or my 50% off on an expensive item, and I want that. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I, I make that choice. I think the scary part is what do they do with that? Who do they sell it to? Who do they share it with? Yeah. And, I, now, and you know, Kroger that's the part. They, they don't sell it. And it's uh, the thing is, oh, I'm sure uh, I may well believe that, but third party brokers like Axion. Right. Uh, have so much data about us. Somebody has to be selling it. Uh, and um, so that all these ideas, all these notions that we don't sell your data, I'm not quite sure that's true in some cases. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty scary what government does with these, too. I mean, the, yeah. you, that, you haven't, that, that's another book. But. That's a <laughs> but nothing. The thing is that I'm beginning to realize, and part of what I'm doing in this book, too, is, you know, um, marketing 
doesn't end at market. Commercial marketing is not the end. A right. lot of the ideas that get picked up in commercial marketing end up being used elsewhere. Yes. And um, governments. And, and, of course, the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Yes, All yes. the stuff about political marketing that took place uh, around the election. Right. The election. And the one before, uh, all of those ideas developed in commercial marketing and then were ported over into political marketing. You know, it's like the U.S. Privacy Act says that the, that the government cannot, you know, collect all this stuff on you and, and that's we have all these rights. Mm-hmm. However, they they just buy it from Axiom. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they can't oh, they collect it, but exactly. they buy it, yeah. That's exactly right. And, yeah. and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we learned, you know, from Donald Snowden, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, Snowden, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody... You know, they all know about us. Yeah. So that's the question. You know, how much do these retailers really know about us? Depending on the retailer, depending on where you shop, uh, they may know a lot. Uh, You know, the company like Amazon, we don't tend to think of as a retailer, but everything you say to your Echo, and now I think it's about 30 to 40 million people have an Echo or a Google Home, you know, in the United States. Uh, so they're giving up a lot of data. It's not clear yet what's exactly happening with those things. The data that you do online with a company gets yep. ported to computers that then match what you do online to what you've done in the store. Increasingly, companies are being quite sophisticated at that. And so the companies are looking to figure out what's the return on investment. Are you a valuable customer or not? Should you be a target, or are you waste? Yeah. And increasingly, the name of the game is personalization. Uh, and if you if if a company figures out what you are to them and how they can use you, they will try to personalize content to you, personalize prices to you, do a lot of things to keep you under in the fold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't have a lot of time. We have just a few minutes left, but I did want to get mm-hmm. to some of the initiatives that give the public the right and ability to learn what companies know about them. Can you just share a couple of those initiatives that you have, like, at the end well, of the book? Well, I mean, I think what you're talking about is California, for example, is one, and if yeah. you live in Europe, it's the GDPR. It, otherwise, it's very patchy. Uh, you can... Um, you can ask a company, uh, I think Google will give you some data about about uh, yourself if you're in the United States. But in general, marketing, commercial marketers, unless I'm missing something, it's not very easy to find out the entire uh, profile that they have about you. You may even, for example, you can go to Facebook and find out what they know about you in terms of particular categories. But how those data are used, and how you're profiled in the advertising part of what Facebook shows advertisers, how you're essentially given up to advertisers, you're not going to know that stuff. And you know what's really scary, I think, as, as one who's helped so many identity theft victims? There are mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like like even you thought that I was someone else from where, yeah, you know? Sure. I mean, you, you looked Just me so up. Long, I put an E at the yes, end. Yes, yes. It happens all the time. Yeah, and so what happens is we've got not only identity theft, but we've got, um, you know, mixed identity. So someone yes. might might do a profile on me, and it's not even me. And, and you how, know I'm beginning, and, and, and right. I can't even and 
I can't even correct it. It's not like a credit report that I get to Mm -hmm. see. In fact, I testified for Senator Bill Nelson in uh, Mm -hmm. Florida, who he just lost the election. But uh, he had a bill that would require, and I testified on it too. I thought it was great. That would make companies let you see the entire profiles they have. We don't have that law. No, we don't. The the thing that I've noticed uh, more and more, are, and I don't think it's purposeful, but there's a tendency of people to give their children unusual names. Yeah. And in the beginning, I said, oh, that's kind of crazy. But I kind of like that idea now because the chances of somebody having the same weirdo name that you have <laughs> are very low. And so if your name is... Um, you know, Havoc. Ariana, somebody, something. No, yeah. you know, there are very few people going to have that kind of name. Right. Uh, and so I would, I would applaud your young people listening, if and when they have children, figure out a name that's unlike somebody else's. You'll do your kid a favor. Right. Well, this is a great way to end. Do you believe this? We are over already. Joseph, we will definitely have to have you back again for your next book. This book is wonderful, The Isles Have Eyes, How Retailers Track Your Shopping, Strip Your Privacy, and Define Your Power by Joseph Turo. Joseph, you want to just tell them where they should, they should just Google your name. It's probably just easier. Yeah, T-U-R-O-W-1-R. Yes, yes. Okay, we will have you back again. Please stay in touch, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.